I watched your movie yesterday. Awesome. I really enjoyed it. And I want to ask you the most hack question I know you're going to get a million times, (laughs) which is how in the hell were you so prescient as to make this movie before the pandemic? Yeah. um, (laughs) uh, I don't have any uh, supernatural ability or anything like that. Yeah. Um, that was just me racking my brain of the cheapest premise uh, humanly possible and uh, lucked into it being weirdly timely. So, <laughs> yeah, I was I, like, so little backstory on my own past year is I actually I'm back at home now, but I actually isolated with a family member for an entire year away from home for their benefit and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Um, it was different and I uh, drove me a little bit insane watching your movie. I would say is maybe outside of Bo Burnham's inside. If you've seen that, <laughs> I watched it yesterday and was so blown away. Right. Actually. It really, that was an emotional watch for me too, but I would say maybe just under that. No, no, I'm not, you know, just underneath that your, your film has been the most emotional watch for me outside of that in, in like dealing with what just happened. So uh, yeah, very good to hear. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, I like when I when I realized that you actually made it without having gone through, like before this all happened. I was actually even more surprised. I was like, how does this? How did this guy know how this all felt? (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. When I was writing it, you know, a lot of it was just kind of guesswork of thinking about how I would, you know, feel in a situation like this, and then. uh, yeah, definitely by the time it was all said and done, I was like, it was pretty accurate in terms of just like the <laughs> yeah. emotional uh, landscape, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's differences. I'm not trying to say yeah. that, obviously. Like the air toxin thing kind of plays in, but it's it's obviously different. Like there's no sunlight in your movie. Yeah. Yeah, and all that stuff, which is also like there there is a bunch of this uh, this film where I was like, this is kind of a genius, uh, like thought process in how to make a low budget movie. Because number one, you know, one location movies are great. It's a great way to save money. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that was your uh, place, or uh, uh, yeah, that was where I was living at the time. Okay, and I was like, two, block out the windows. It's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't matter when you shoot. It's great. I was like, I, I was kind of like in a. W- I wish I thought of that mode. But yeah, yeah um, in the original, original. There was supposed to be a little bit more like window stuff, um, but just one of the kind of, you know, learning uh, curves of making like a first thing is uh, the VFX work did definitely not work the way I was uh, hoping. So we ended up having to use just like the practical effects that we use. And that's why it's kind of been relegated to like two quick shots. Um, (laughs) Right, right. Okay. But but yeah, it was definitely there's not really a moment in this movie that wasn't made with the main motivation of being what is the cheapest thing I can possibly do and how can I make it as visually interesting as that thing can right. be. <laughs> so really you're kind of relying all on uh, uh, style and performance, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, um, I mean, I just knew that I was make- basically making this movie with my checking account and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so really just 
during the writing process just didn't allow myself to even think about something that I didn't directly own or a friend directly own that I could yeah. use. Um, the only thing I allowed myself was that wall that he punches through. That's a fake wall um, that cost about a third of our total budget. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Still, I mean, I was I mean, like, look, I'm I don't want to sound we like I don't want this to be sound like a negative, but I was watching it. And I was like about half hour in, I was like, man, I am really enthralled with a man just talking to a wall, which is literally, I mean, like most of the movie is somebody literally talking to a wall. Yeah. And I was like, it, it, this should not be this enthralling, but it, it is. You, you did it. You, you made the movie where a guy talks to a wall and it's actually entertaining to watch and it actually has like poignancy to it. So good job. Well, you know, um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask is what, are some of do you have a favorite single location movie that like a, a famous single location movie i uh, not yeah, that there's that uh, many of them but yeah i mean there's definitely there's several some. and there yeah. was definitely i kind of uh devoured them in pre-production to be honest just yeah. to Good pick idea. up on tricks uh yeah exactly yeah. um i'd say a major one is bug um the yeah. william freakin movie mm -hmm. um just at like Michael Shannon in that movie just might be is pretty close to my favorite performance ever. Okay. Um, so uh he's the best. Yeah, Bug Bug was a major uh inspiration like visually and mm -hmm. uh psychologically and everything. Uh love that movie. Um I mean, probably the first movie I truly fell in love with was Reservoir Dogs, which has, you know, a couple more locations, but uh in general that was probably like the first containment movie that i saw that i was just completely blown away by i mean when anyone talks about reservoir dogs we're thinking of the one room we're right, thinking of yeah. the, the i don't know what you call it the ear cutting room yeah like yeah. <laughs> that's the location of reservoir dogs yeah, yeah. Well, you're right it, it does kind of work like that so um and let's see recent stuff like i thought buried with ryan reynolds was super impressive given the uh you know the scope of that movie I, did, I didn't see it but i've heard good things yeah, yeah. it's really cool and it's in a coffin <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's just him in a, in a coffin. coffin yeah uh, lock with tom hardy is really cool where he's just in a car um and i just watched the movie on netflix also yesterday called oxygen that was really well done um, okay and it's about a woman who just wakes up in like a hospital pod like in the future and yeah, yeah, yeah. he's running out of oxygen and she just has to you know deal, <laughs> so, yeah, to deal with it <laughs> yeah okay cool uh i've never seen oxygen and i've never i need to i need to watch that and buried apparently um i'm a big ryan reynolds fan i don't know why i haven't watched that um i also was thinking i know this is probably maybe a little bit far off as far as production comparatively to your movie but cube oh cube uh, yeah cube yeah uh, giant giant influence i mean very different but also like the same sense of claustrophobia and everything and just, yeah and yeah even just the, the hopelessness of, the hopelessness and trying to yeah the the ever-changing design i kind of wanted the apartment to yeah. feel like that throughout the movie even though we're stuck in one place i kind of never really make the layout super yeah, clear yeah. so i'm hoping that it kind of messes with people's heads like cube a little bit yeah like i don't think i could draw out a map of your apartment 
<laughs> just just from the movie like so that's i mean i'm assuming that's what you wanted right yes. yeah like yeah that's good too like that's kind of how you can't draw a map of like the, the hotel from the shining you know that yeah, that was kind of my big pretentious influence on that for sure it's okay yeah. be pretentious it's fine yeah oh how could i not like the shining maybe the biggest influence yeah. on the whole movie uh obviously yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean going mad locked in a place yeah, uh, I was gonna say, watch the table right there. It's a lot of ca- microphone oh, noise. Sorry, <laughs> I, know, I, I didn't pick up on it before we started. It's okay, don't worry. I leave all this stuff in. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I talk with my hands a little bit. I'll try to keep. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I do too. I'm Italian, so I'm like I'm waving them around and stuff. Um, I was outside of uh stuck in one location movies. What who like? Give me some influences here. Like what what actually drove you to become a filmmaker? Um. I mean, the movies I love in general um, are quite honestly not particularly uh, of my interest to make something like that. Like, I mean, Quentin Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson and Scorsese are kind of like my holy trinity. Right, right. Um, But I... I'm not trying to make movies like that <laughs> yeah. at all, really. Um, I get that. I feel the same, man. Like, people always tell me, why don't you make a movie like your favorite stuff? And I'm like, well, I kind of already figured somebody did it perfect. Why would yeah. I try to do that again? And, uh, yeah, I just look at those movies, and to me, they're just such on a different level. That I'm like, I can't even comprehend how, like, these people can see the world and make it so kinetic and insane. Right, right. Um, but let's see. David Gordon Green was actually probably a big influence on terms of like scope of this movie and the characters i'm sort of interested in mm-hmm. um his Steven's, uh his early work or like even his comedy i mean i i, I love it all um, okay but okay. surely the the first maybe five dramas before uh pineapple express pineapple. had a very very uh, <laughs> special place in my heart for sure sure yeah uh, soderbergh visually is like a big i was big, gonna say Influence. Like lighting wise and everything, I see some Soderbergh in this movie. Yeah, Soderbergh was kind of one of our big, you know, visually, just in terms of his use of practicals and uh, yeah. just how he light scenes in general was a big, big influence. Uh, that and the Softy Brothers and Refn, certainly in the of course, second half. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can see it. I can see it. Uh, what's your, uh, just out of curiosity, what's your favorite Soderbergh? schizopolis really okay yeah um the movie i'm making right now has a couple of uh direct references to schizopolis and there's even one who's with me when he's making all the faces i i, I stole that from schizopolis <laughs> it's okay to steal it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah you should, what is it uh tarantino said genius is steal yeah yeah, yeah but- so I'll, I'll go with that defense that's not <laughs> Yeah, he said it, so it's got to be true, right? Sure, it's fine. It's fine, yeah. All right. I can see a lot of that in your movie. It it, it reads, you know, the the theft. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) It really reads. Yeah, Um, but we had to cut out the heist subplot, unfortunately. But, yeah. (laughs) Do the director's cut. (laughs) Like, somebody has to break in his apartment to get, like, a diamond or something, right? (laughs) Precisely. Right, right. Right. 14 split screen. That's the secret. Be great. That's the, you know, who's, who's with, who's with to me. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, the, I was going to say, uh, the performance too. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Cheryl, what's his name? Ryan Cheryl. Ryan yeah. Cheryl. Uh, I want to make sure I was saying it right. The last name. Really good. Um, I mean, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of indie stuff, uh, performances, 
I you can be forgiving to people because you know some of the indie stuff. I understand. I right. get it. Sometimes you're shooting something and it's whoever's available. I get it. This is not that. I thought his performance was really believable and quite great. Yeah. Yeah. I I met Ryan at my first job in LA, mm-hmm. um, and we just really kicked it off. Uh, really, yeah, just became pretty good friends in about four months. Um, and then he moved to New York and, uh, we had done a couple little projects together, but like kind of like iPhone video stuff more and just, you know, Soderbergh uses the iPhone. You can't say that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) It's a real camera now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, I, I kind of did a couple things with him that were just a lark, um, while in the back of my head knowing like ooh, he's he seems like there's some really capable like great acting uh that he could do and so i i wrote this movie for him like in mind uh he definitely informed a lot of the script uh he was in new york i was in la so we maybe did like 20 or 30 just phone readings of the whole thing for you know six months before going into production and a whole bunch of stuff, you just know, changed the, phone, from, the whole script. Yeah. Um, just over and over and over and over again. Um, so by the time we were filming, you know, I kind of knew, you know, what he was going to deliver at least audibly. And uh, yeah, he just uh, really crushed it. And like I said, really informed, uh, you know, the changing of the script a lot of the way to lean into our strengths. And yeah, he did just, unbelievable work both both the actors i gave like a near impossible job to of <laughs> literally acting against a wall or acting <laughs> yeah, that's... or in emma's case acting against just a microphone right and, uh, yeah. they she, both she, no, really... no, she had her play a wall yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so i gave them you know one of the harder tasks probably that they've you know yeah. had and, and uh probably know, will like, ever have honestly yeah. i can't see a person making two talk to a wall movies in their lifetime <laughs> like, you know, that's their typecast <laughs> wall yeah um, yeah having said that um the movie i'm making right now it has kind of a uh not not as much as in who's with me but there is one voice in the movie that we never see and i'm gonna have emma do that as well so she can just kind of be my uh nebulous floating voice in my cinematic universe yeah so when he when he's talking to the wall was was he hearing her lines actually or is that a post so uh during production i played the part of aleth behind camera okay so that's the cut i like to see on the blu-ray yeah, there's also a cut of this movie where I completely cut out Emma's or my voice, and he really seems completely <laughs> insane, just having half of a conversation against the wall. Actually, that I could not that I would say to ch- I ever do that, but that's a cut I wouldn't mind seeing either. Yeah, it it kind of be like Spider that Cronenberg movie. Yeah, yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or or even like elements of Castaway almost like. He like the wall is his Wilson or something, yeah. and we just and the audience fills in the conversation. Yeah, like it w- it, w- it would be cool, but uh, no, her performance is so good. I yeah, that I wouldn't want that replaced. So yeah, yeah, she was great, and she recorded. Uh, I mean, her performance was quite literally start to finish, maybe three hours of time. <laughs> so acting, um, man, yeah, that's so, the gig. Uh, yeah, she literally came in. Like I also did the phone thing with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in terms of just the actual recording, she came in. We did it like three times, and uh, 
and that was that and she just like yeah rocked it in literally <laughs> like a 90 minute period <laughs> so is uh was this i didn't look at your imdb page i should have is this your first movie or did you start with shorts or outside uh, of the cell phone videos you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is my first feature. Um, and I've made a bunch of shorts, none of which I put on IMDb. And the one that's on IMDb now, one of the actors put it on because it was like a 48 hour film challenge yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've maybe made 15 ish like shorts yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. my life and then uh you know wrote a few with my uh a really good friend of mine um some of those are on imdb by choice and um, <laughs> but yeah so you can edit your history it's okay yeah. Everyone so, uh, yeah quite a bit but you know sort of like who's with me just very diy just mm-hmm. making it for the fun of it and uh yeah kind I- of no, I took that ethos to a to a feature. <laughs> One of the things I I really uh, I like about this type of filmmaking is watching people fix problems. You know, like uh, I I always find that when when it comes for me, the way I've always done it is I try to avoid sound in any way I can in the most ridiculous ways. And then it leads me to new ideas because I don't want to record sound if I don't have to, you know what I mean? I'm sure you you understand like to to sidestep that problem alone is just like amazing. And so I like watching other people and figure like seeing how ways that they have sidestepped other giant problems. I mean, in a way, the way you did it was recording sound of just one actor in a room is great because you don't, (laughs) <laughs> you're not you're only worried about one source yeah right i gotta imagine and you're just in your apartment which i'm pretty sure will be pretty quiet right yeah i mean every once in a while we have to stop when like a swat copter or like a particularly low flying plane was going yeah, um, yeah. but uh yeah for the most part uh we actually we had two two or three microphones going the whole movie but in the final cut um in terms of his voice, I only used I just stuck with his love the entire time. <laughs> the entire time, yeah. Um, Probably more then, intimate sound, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, sounded great. And uh, yeah, as you see in the end credits, I have maybe like five pages of Creative Commons sound effects that I really just <laughs> layered on top of our very minimal actual recorded sounds. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, just tried to go nuts with it. I was impressed that you. I, I mean, anyone listening to this might not care about this, but I did. You actually like individually gave credit to every sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> that's not something I, most people do. So, to like, be honest, yeah, um, I, I was on this site, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, public domain! You don't even need to credit me." Yeah, and a lot of matter, people right? are like, uh, "Use this for free, but just uh, you know, credit me." And by the time I had reached all the sound effects that I used, I, there was no keeping track of who to credit and who not to credit. So I just said. <laughs> Credit them all. <laughs> right. Just yeah, the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I most of the time I'm just like, here's a website. <laughs> got it all from here. Like it's a book or it's like a library. Just it, it all came from there. But yeah, you yeah. went individually. It's impressive. So they, they appreciate it. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, one day they might see it. You don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. They'll be like, that's my sound effect. See, that's me right there. Um, what I always like to ask people too is, uh, and you already said your favorite filmmakers, but outside of that question, in your most non-pretentious filmmaker mind, you're not you're just talking now. 
Okay. I want to know what movies or what franchises or whatever you like to watch when you're just chilling out. Like, uh, like you yeah. don't have to answer influences or anything. This is just you hanging out. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, no shame either. No shame. I mean, let's see. I, I mean, honestly, the movie I've probably seen the most times in my life is Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Um, it's a great movie. But, uh, yeah, let's see. Hanging out, just watching. I mean, right now it's been always sunny in Philadelphia, to be honest. <laughs> I've been kind of re-binging oh, that entire thing again. I've burned through that maybe like three or four times in full too i i feel you yeah it's great uh, background noise when you're working and stuff too you know just yeah uh this feels like it's not the correct answer but i swear i put this movie on all the time whether i really want to pay deep attention or if it's just in the background but i frequently play 2001 a space odyssey <laughs> like frequently um have you ever seen but, have you ever seen it in the theater Yes, a couple times. Uh, pretty mind blowing experience. As many times as I've watched it at home, I saw seventy millimeter in the front row at a like a, at a screening in DC. Holy shit! It, it, like it, it was a different movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just seeing it that big and being that immersed in it is unbelievable. Um, and I Goodfellas might rival Reservoir Dogs in terms of just <laughs> amount of times. Goodfellas <laughs> is like always on like. VH1 or AMC or whatever, and I flip it on, and then I'm like, oh, I've been sucked in for two hours. The last two hours of right. Goodfellas has got me again. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's kind of impossible to turn off. You know, um, Office Space. I love Office Space so yeah. much. Um, Office Space was actually huge because um, that's where I saw a movie where a guy talked to his neighbor through a wall <laughs> and thought, right. hmm. That's okay. That's a that's a good that's a good callback. Okay, that's the influence there. All right, get it. DJ yeah, Pater talking to his neighbors. All right. Yep. <laughs> Go back to yep. office space. Okay, so your influences are how you chill out. I got it. I mean, yeah. yeah I guess I was asking for more garbage. I was looking like I'm. I'm interested in like the garbage stuff a little bit, but I mean, if garbage you don't, stuff. I love to. Um, so what? The, no, I definitely love some garbage stuff. Yeah, Here, yeah. Let, me, let me let me look at my list of movies. Yeah, I'll, I'm trying I'll to dig out some garbage. garbage people don't talk about the garbage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I look. Tim and Eric is such oh, a God. giant. Dude, Tim and Eric is huge. Tim and Eric is yeah. Um, You're talking to a lifelong diehard fan who gets accused of being a Tim and Eric filmmaker most of the time. So, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, they're two of my biggest influences. In fact, I just. Thank God! Thank, thankfully for HBO Max, I just finished rewatching uh, Tom Goes the Mayor. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Probably my favorite Adult Swim show, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with Adult Swim as just uh, everything <laughs> as a concept. I I kind of get sucked into that more often than uh, you know regular TV channels. <laughs> right. Well, in in some ways, it's kind of like the last bastion for like nationally released, truly creative art. Yeah. And you don't want to say that because it seems like kind of an insult, but it's not. It, it like they literally let people experiment and do things no one would put on television. Yeah, so many of my you know favorite current people either started there or yeah. are you know still just going through that, and that's like their main uh, output. So I'm all for them. Yeah. Was it the um? Have you seen? Have you, you seen the Greasy Strangler? Right. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah of course. <laughs> so uh, good. Right. Have you seen his show? On Adult Swim, Tropical Cocktails. 
No, not yet. You you need to watch that. Okay, cool. I liked his uh, second movie. That was Which that was pretty was that? funny. Uh, Bever Evening with Beverly Luff. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Another completely insane movie. <laughs> right. Right. I love. Yeah, uh, you're gonna want to watch Tropical Cocktails. It's pretty much <laughs> all the weird delivery from Greasy Strangler extended out into a television series of just Beautiful. odd people saying odd things with odd situations <laughs> that, that <laughs> where it could, and it could never exist without adult swim letting that happen you know yeah oh i have a great okay here's a good trashy yes um, a movie i discovered over the pandemic um prophecy the bear movie have you seen the, Wait, the mutated bear movie from oh, like the yes, 70s? Yes. Okay, for a second, I didn't know if you meant the, the Chris, Chris Christopher Walken. Walken one. Yeah, no, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. everyone's done that. As, I like the Christopher Walken one, but yeah. yeah I've, I've not seen it yet. I'm sure I would love it. it. It's okay. But, uh, yeah, it's good. There was something about that bear movie that just tickled me the right way, and I was just <laughs> cracking up. Um, there's like a point where the protagonist fights a raccoon, and it's like <laughs> 10 right. minutes long, and it's it's so genius. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great one. Um, <laughs> if you like mutated animals, have you ever seen, or I'm, I'm recommending to you, the God Monster of Indian Flats? No, I haven't heard of it. A lot of people haven't, but <laughs> it's about a mutated sheep ta- uh, terrorizing a town, which is also a racist town where there is a new black sheriff, <laughs> and it's two separate movies that were edited together. Ah, oh, that's so it, it literally makes no sense. It doesn't make any actual sense because there's scenes where it's like a lab where they created the mutant sheep, and the mutant <laughs> sheep is like a guy in almost like a, a, a just a giant mound of a costume with a fake arm hanging out and a terrible sheep head, and he that's just like amazing. walks through the park and scares kids. I don't know where that's available, but if you like mutant animal movies that are trash, <laughs> please. That, that, yeah, that sounds fantastic and just any recycled footage movies are weird yeah some of my favorite things ever too yeah uh, like just the idea of them, like a company saying we have two half-finished movies <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do we frankenstein them together right <laughs> so uh your your next film is uh what is this a genre movie or is this another uh tour de force of your mind um no so uh since since we finished Final Cut on Who's With Me, I've actually made three movies. Oh, God. Um, okay. So when I get That's back home from this trip, I need to finally just calm down and finish editing some of these things. Um, <laughs> so uh, the next immediate one will probably be a documentary, actually, oh, um, okay. that is going to be made up of all found mini DV tapes between... 2000 and 2009 um, and uh, tapes of yours or tapes from all around the world that oh, i acquired oh. in uh very random ways okay um, all right I, I i i got about six to seven hundred hours of old mini dv tapes and cobbled together another 72 minute just uh weird archival doc but uh if you're into tim and eric i think you'll be yeah. very into it because I, it definitely I, has that feel. I'm also one of those people that would happily watch a VHS tape bought from like Goodwill just to see a fa- another family's movies. Like, yeah, it, that, it's weird. It's not like creepy. I'm just no, interested that, to see that type of stuff. I mean, 
I, I completely understand that I did it for 600 hours. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, it, it's oddly, yeah, fascinating. Um, and it was cool to see um, just how certain themes or actions just really just were widespread over the world at that time. Just happened, like so many things juxtapositioning perfectly. And it's just people literally all across the world. And uh, so, so, so the framing device is like the existence of mini DV tapes and yeah. what the world was going through at that time. Yeah. I, I, most of the tapes I found are obviously kind of from that era, but a few weren't. So I kind of chucked those aside um, mm -hmm. and just tried to make a documentary about the turn of the century, basically. That's amazing. Um, All right. And the last shot of the movie, spoilers, is uh, I found some Y2K footage. So I was, <laughs> as soon as I found that, yeah. I was like, this is it. This is the last shot of the movie for sure. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. What's that called? Is there a name uh, for that? that? That'll probably be called Haunted Mini DV. But uh, it's <laughs> in the process. That's the most close to done. Uh, okay. So I still have the sound to edit that. But that's the closest to done. So you made a... So let me get this straight. You made a movie about isolation before the pandemic and then during the pandemic you've made three other movies yeah so far <laughs> that might be the weirdest resume right there sir. <laughs> yeah um and knowing me you know i might have a fourth one before anything's right even right. done yet so um i mean yeah because yeah. uh, like you, the fact that you're gonna have to clarify this for the rest of your life whenever anyone talks about who's with me like no 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 <laughs> i shot it before the thing <laughs> like yeah like the rest of your life you just got to answer that question which is fine that's cool <laughs> no it's cool it's i mean not downplaying any tragedy or anything but like reality sort of helped your movie yeah in a weird yeah like the yeah. it did the marketing for you in a weird way yeah i mean when i when we the final cut was finished in april of 2020 yeah. so it was still you know relatively new and nobody thought it was going to last as you know long as it did. And as time kept building, and more film festivals kept canceling, and I was like, "Oh man, is this going to be the best thing for this movie? Because now it's weirdly relevant, or is this going to be the worst thing ever? Because everybody's living in, in quarantine for the year, and the last thing they want to do is watch somebody in quarantine." <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, by like halfway through the pandemic, I was just like, oh, this kind of seems like the world now. So I'm just going to put this thing out there because yeah. I'm a little sick of waiting. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And yeah. I think as time goes on and people like heal from it a bit, they'll want to revisit like, cathartically some of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that yeah. they, they made uh, a, a studio made uh, a, a, an isolation movie was Songbird. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Michael I didn't. Bay produced. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to see that because just the trailer made me go. No, I don't. I don't want because that was directly like making talking about COVID. A COVID, right? It was like COVID twenty three or some new virus, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we, I don't. <laughs> I don't need too that. Too soon. Too much. Literally. It's too, too soon. It's too when close. It's happening. It's yeah. when it's <laughs> happening. People are still dying. No, it's not. It's not. I don't want to watch that. Your movies doesn't feel exploitative though. Even in the, you know, I mean, I'm saying that for anyone that's thinking of watching it or, you know, seeing it right now, it does not feel exploitive. And it didn't give me any anxiety to the reality of the situation, which I don't know. I, OK, you probably don't want to talk about that, but I'm giving you my perspective. I'm serious. Like, I had a lot of anxiety about this stuff. So when I when I went in, I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, man, I got to watch an isolation movie. Yeah. 
but yeah, I ended I, up really enjoying it. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, I ended up really enjoying it. So, like, it didn't it didn't feel exploitative of, of it because yeah, it, and, it's outside of it, and it, it's just enough where it still has the pathos. Yeah, and for anyone uh, who hasn't seen it yet, while, uh, you know, it might sound kind of, like, heavy or uh, depressing or something like that, there are plenty of weird comedic uh, set pieces throughout, so I tried to keep the tone as light as possible for a movie about something so uh sinister i guess or yeah, yes. yeah. well there's yeah there's the, those moments too where he's very um self-aware of his own downward spiral yeah you know like he knows he like i always love that when somebody's like g- going deeply mad it's like they're getting more mad <laughs> more insane and they actually recognize it <laughs> but they just keep going anyway You're like yeah so yeah, yeah it, it did make me laugh a few times. So yeah, like I said, it didn't feel exploitive, and it didn't it didn't cause any um, repressed memories from 2020 to pop up. So like, it was the best of both worlds. You know, good to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's what's the is I, now you sent me a link. I didn't even check. Is that a private link or is it actually just available on YouTube? Yeah this uh, this movie is just on YouTube for free. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I made a $1,500 movie, so I kind of had some very small festivals I was planning on submitting to. Yeah. Um, but in the end, only one festival we actually submitted to actually happens in the end, and that yeah. was Slamdance. It's um, a good one, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like I said, we just literally just got kind of impatient and just said, well, I think the uh, – the way we'll probably get most people, the the most amount of people to see this is just put it on free, put it on YouTube, the most common, you know, app. And uh, just uh, hope people like it or connect to it and see if uh, anything comes of it. And if not, that's cool too. We all had a blast making it. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I see, I see a lot of discussion in like, you know, I don't participate in these discussions much, but I see a lot of like, filmmakers arguing over distribution now because it is weird you know amazon kind of failed everybody yeah and everything and now there's seems to be a renewed discussion in youtube for films like that's where we are it's just people releasing films on you full-length films on youtube like so it's something you would recommend like if you had i don't know like success on there have you gotten some response um i mean monetized no i it really didn't yeah i i selected everything to make it as decommercialized as possible i did put like a a venmo and a paypal if anybody basically wants to chip into the next movie after watching this one mm-hmm. but uh no honestly if anything i'm maybe just trying to uh you know earn you know people's attention and interest because yeah i mean i'm just a guy who made a movie and um yeah, yeah i just want to hopefully get as many people to see it and if they you know like it hopefully they want to watch the next one and maybe something snowballs from there but uh yeah yeah, i I always say like it's it's eyes really i mean like i don't i never think about money money's not and it's like it i'd rather have eyes than money and i that's probably why you know some people aren't more successful like me (laughs) but just would rather people see it <laughs> then to make profit. Yeah, the the way I feel about it is uh, you know, I have my day job, pays for my life. Right. And if I literally just have sandbox movies for the rest of my life, like 
that rules. So um, just making yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. What do you do? You do do you work in any type of video or film? Yeah, I I'm freelance, um, kind of a jack of all trades, master of none sort of freelancer. Don't but, sell uh, yourself short. Yeah, most mostly gaffing and AC work um, yeah. on just either you know random indie productions or you know corporate videos or commercials or what have you. Um, spent a lot of hospital videos throughout COVID, uh, <laughs> not surprisingly. <laughs> now I hear that, and like I now I've I'm a I've been a working editor for about fifteen years. Um, I don't know about you, but I always take the frustration of that. And put it into everything you're told you're not allowed to do. Do it and do it in your own movies. Exactly. Did you get some of that? Like, like when you're making something, you're like, you know, fuck work. This isn't work. I get to go crazy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, there's even the whole movie is. There's a little bit of you know, I guess just rebellion against just the type of movies I see, and it it it's not that I don't like you know, current stuff or anything like that. There's movies I obviously love and adore, but uh, just a little bit of that anarchy feeling from maybe the 70s is maybe a little lost now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to toss in some, uh, you know, just not over explain everything and just kind of have some dream logic or be more, uh, pay more attention to emotional sense than logistical sense now i think you, you just touched on something that i kind of always use to separate out movies like i'm fine with movies explaining things i'm fine yeah. with it i'm also fine with them not but that's usually where the line in my mind is like i separate movies in my mind based on those two things obviously indie movies of this sort usually fall into one category where like i can interpret that ending the whole movie in a lot of ways yeah. And I don't, I'm not asking you to tell me. I don't even want you to. I, you know what I mean? And I like that. I like that. But that seems to be where the line is for a lot of people. Like, some people seem to be <laughs> actively against movies that make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and then some people seem to be actively a movie against movies that don't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I like both. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, yeah, I'm a fan of everything. And, uh, and I'll say, yeah, with, with this movie, um, definitely the goal was, uh, so I'll say this, the, the three people, the three main people behind the movie, we all kind of have our explanation of everything and why everything works the way it does. But we wanted to direct the movie so that people could have as many co-mingling interpretations and have things to point to that support how they see this movie. Right. Right. Um, And yeah, with just without having an ending that goes, it was that one. Um, (laughs) It was all a dream. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. He wakes up in a hospital bed or something. You were in a coma. Okay. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Although that that would be such a middle finger too that I almost would appreciate it, you know what I mean? Like, like, like doing that would always be a comedy skit, though. You know, that's like a Tim and Eric sketch or something where like it was all a dream and it makes no sense, St. elsewhere type of thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I I actually enjoy that. Like, I I don't want the filmmaker in this case. I don't. I did. I didn't want to have you on for you to tell me because like that's what I enjoyed about it. Like in the end, I'm like. I think, I think I know what happened. 
Yeah. And I think I know who the protagonists and the antagonists are, but then again, like I couldn't I don't know if I could actually say I know he definitely was the protagonist, but I'm pretty sure in my in my mind he was both. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I but I'm yeah, I don't I don't know. And I like that about that. But I I also like Marvel movies. Like <laughs> that's right yeah you know what i mean you know what i mean like i kind of like both and that's when i when i talk to a lot of indie filmmakers i get nervous that that doesn't jibe you know what no uh that's no like you guys were talking about michael bay last week and i kind of yeah yeah i i kind of completely agreed while not personally not really enjoying much of his movies but there there's no way to argue he's not a total auteur and right uh, right yeah yeah uh and so you're referencing uh, the one of the old episodes with Steven Stahl, great guy. I think we you have some contact with him, you, don't you, or something? We know, oh, we know each other through Joe Baden, probably. Baden, there, yes. Facebook connections, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, Steven Stahl, he's a great guy. He runs the Sick and Wrong Film Festival. We've been friends for a while. We don't agree on a lot of movies, like a lot. So when he brought the Michael Bay thing up, that was a rare opportunity for us to talk about a mainstream thing that we sort of agree on. <laughs> and it's like when I I have a, I don't know about you, but like I have a lot of friends in film, and that is always the the t- the taste topic is always where it seems like it's best to just not say anything. <laughs> do, you know, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in uh, you know not everybody has to like anything whatsoever and yeah. you don't have to be mad about it when someone <laughs> else like enjoys something. I don't kind of understand that mindset that yeah, seemingly like, a lot of people have, but yeah. I'm okay with anyone hating anything. It's just like, don't get mad for real <laughs> at me, you know, and don't judge people, you know? Yeah. I know really smart people that like, like, you know, keeping up with the Kardashians and shit like that. Like, just because that's how they turn off. That's why I asked that question. Just because, like, that's how you turn off. That doesn't mean that's not an intelligence thing. It's nothing like that. Yeah, it's you just know? Different, uh, different motivations for you, what you want out of your staring at yeah. a screen. I have really, I have really, like, sophisticated friends who watch Faces of Death videos. And I'm like, not for me. <laughs> and that doesn't mean they're psychos. They just like watching that. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's what all my friends think about me when they walk in on like the Eric Andre show completely out of context and they oh, just God. like <laughs> Eric Andre, man. He's the best, right? He's or, amazing. Uh, yeah, right. Like that is like yeah, right. Is it, a good question is what do you think how do you define the word when it comes to film? How do you find the word weird? Hmm. I guess uh that's a hard one. It's hard because my my grandmother would define weird as like, you know, I don't know, Men in Black. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, that's hard, honestly. Yeah, um, it's, it's a really hard question. I guess I define it as when maybe the motivation behind something isn't clear, but that even feels wrong because like you can know what someone's trying to do and it could still be extremely weird. Right. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have no clue. Well, wait, okay, let me, let me try to rephrase. I'm trying to dig here, so excuse okay. me for that. I'm digging okay. to you. Uh, what movie has made you feel weird? Gotcha. Okay. Um, Enter the Void made me feel very weird. 
you're not alone uh irreversible made me feel so weird i have to turn it off yeah <laughs> um, holy crap right yeah uh inland empire makes me feel very bizarre uh that was also just a very strange night because i saw that movie with my mom who was also weirdly a she she's actually legitimately like a lynch total like right, right, obsessive right. but uh inland empire was just a step too far for her which i completely understand so it was just the two of us in the theater for this like three hour movie that she hated like every second of and then the, we went to the rest we went to a restaurant and they forgot our order so we were sitting in the restaurant for like two and a half hours <laughs> then we started driving back home and it started snowing in the santa cruz mountains which yeah. i can't describe how much that never happens ever it is the <laughs> only time that happened it happened in my entire life while living like in in or near santa cruz right right and uh so we're bare knuckling it on like the one lane uh highway with it snowing with a car that cannot handle snow <laughs> and uh so inland empire always has a strange special place in my heart for That's that memory too yeah yeah just like the worst night ever but made it kind of the best night ever um uh that, that brings me to has your mom seen your movie does she how did, yeah, what did she think? Uh my mom was one of the first people to see it. Um she seemingly in well, I didn't watch it with her. She was just kind of calling and texting her reaction. Um <laughs> she was live tweeting personally yeah, to you. Yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm like, Mom, watch the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't why are you looking at your phone, man? Like, <laughs> um but yeah, I, I I think she's yeah, she was a big fan. Of course, you know, much of that is probably painted by me being her son. But uh, yeah, I mean, she's known all my life just how much I love like David Lynch and the Twilight Zone and like to make kind of a David Lynchy Twilight Zone episode, which is kind of what this movie is. Right, uh, right, right. I, I think she she she's enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Showing your parents stuff can always go one of two ways. It's like they love it because you're their progeny. Or they hate it. Oh. oh, did you lose me? I'm sorry. Just cut out. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. You, you're back? You're back. Okay. I don't know what that was. You, you're, you can hear me now, though, right? Yep. Okay. okay. Internet, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it can either go two ways. Like, they love it because it's you. Or they they hate it because you're doing everything they would hate. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're like, there's some degree that I feel like when I make stuff, I don't know about you, but I guess you're not because your mom likes David Lynch. So that's out the door with you. But I feel like I'm do doing everything I can to make stuff my family would absolutely love. Aggressively, <laughs> aggressively hate. hate. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty lucky. Like my my mom warped my taste of movies pretty damn early on. Yeah, so um, she's like almost an influential voice there, right? Yeah. I mean, huge. I mean, who? No one else is letting their like eight year old watch Wild at Heart. Like no one else is doing that. So so thanks, mom. Happy tenth birthday. Let's go to see Blue Velvet. You know. Like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my mom. The first one we watched was Wild at Heart because she was like, hmm, I remember this one as the least strange. And then we watched it and she was like, hmm, I did not remember that movie correctly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's there's he, he's made movies that aren't narratively weird. Uh, yeah, straight story. Straight story, uh, Elephant Man. The, 
there's I mean like he can do that. He, she could have showed you them yeah. too as a kid. You were like, I get it. I don't know how Elephant Man played to a ten year old or an eight year old, but <laughs> <laughs> like, to tell you it was real. I got well, I can tell you while that heart played pretty well. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um I have to ask this, and anyone listening to the audio version of this is gonna be like, What what poster? Is that a Lion King poster over your shoulder? Oh no, this is what is so that? Um, so I'm at my mom's house right now. Um, <laughs> okay. This is a piece of art by um, a guy named, oh man. I know his first name is Earl, but um, she's kind of obsessed with him. She's got about six or seven of his paintings. And uh, he was one of the animators on Snow White. So that's my, okay. it literally okay, so has that kind of Disney feel. It has a but, Disney connection. Um, it looks like the scene when uh, Simba or uh, Mufasa dies in Lion King. And the whole time I've been staring at it, like, is he, <laughs> we're talking about all this stuff. <laughs> like, is he sitting in front of a Lion King? <laughs> I, I love yeah. Lion King. No, I'll yeah. No, it. I, I it. Nothing wrong with Lion King. I, you know, I mean, the original. But yes. yeah, right. But I just had to know. I, I apologize for the yeah, derailing yeah. of it. No, I understand. I actually went to um, uh, Guillermo del Toro did a big exhibit in L.A. where basically he just brought his library to L.A. and you just got to see what he is, you know, what he fills in his rooms. And he had a bunch of this guy's stuff. And I was like, "Ooh, cool. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh, anytime they do like a tour of his house, you ever seen those the tours of his house and stuff? You're like you realize he's like the Lemmy of filmmaking. If you know who yeah. Lemmy is, yeah, like, definitely. Like Guillermo del Toro doesn't go home from his horror movie set, and like he's like still in the horror movie. He like lives it. It's yeah. 24 hours a day for that guy. They had in the exhibit. They had his notebooks, and I have never seen anything so like mad scientisty because <laughs> it's just like the littlest writing you've ever seen, and all these intricate drawings, and it's just filled the entire page is just filled brim to brim it's just a thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of pages it's kind of nuts and you're like how is he making movies and doing this what yeah. is he doing exactly <laughs> then again you got to remember he also like green he also says he's making like what like 10 movies a year and they never happen so <laughs> yeah hopefully uh hopefully that know, changes well, yeah we'll see his mountain movie one day I maybe know, right <laughs> Or just anything. I just wanted just to make anything. more movies. Give me. I mean, I know we're never getting the third Hellboy, but <laughs> you know, just anything. Just work, please. I, you know, but there was that time where, yeah, it was like every day it was like a new green light for Guillermo del Toro. It's like and then none of that ever came. To <laughs> then he makes another movie you never heard of. Wins the Oscar. Yeah, wins Best Picture. <laughs> best Picture. You're like, were you supposed to make like ten other movies? <laughs> He's like, no, I wanted to make a romance about a fish. And you're going to love it and cry like I did. And it's like, I already made two movies with a fish man. Then I'm going to make a serious fish man movie and win best picture. That's the weirdest. It's amazing. It's incredible. incredible. Yeah. I, I assume, I'm assuming you're a big fan too. I I mean, we're talking like this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Honestly, it's probably Shape of Water. Oh, really? Um, it's just really, it's yeah. really, I I cried three times during that movie and I do not cry at movies. So oh, really? that, okay. that, that really hit me hard for some reason. No, it did too. I mean, it's also, it's kind of, and even though it wasn't filmed here, Baltimore, yeah, it's, it's like a monster movie that takes place in, you know, classic Baltimore. It's like, okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, plus, as stated earlier, uh, it's got the Michael Shannon advantage, who is Michael just Shannon, like man. he's like my, my favorite thing in movies. So any movie with Michael Shannon, Shannon gets like two extra points out of ten. Let me make a recommendation then, because a movie that I don't I don't even know if you've seen it, but have you ever seen The Night Before? Oh, a, of course, where he's the pot dealer. Where he's so the pot dealer. Oh, oh my god, the I, things. That, so right. funny. I like I love that actually that whole movie and it kind of just was forgotten instantly. But his part especially. Oh my god. Like just I remember in theaters the twist. Like yeah, anyone listening, see the night before. It's a great Christmas movie. Uh Yeah. yeah. Um and I I'll, I'll recommend if anybody wants to sh- see Michael Shannon be the most hilarious person of all time, watch uh, They Came Together with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, yes. where Michael Shannon steals the movie in about two shots. Also, uh, one of my favorite directors, a co- like David Wayne, man. I think he's my favorite living co- comedy director, really? probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can't name anything he's done that I don't at least like. Yeah, I I'm, love I'm- most of it. I, I adore it all. As somebody, I, I was a big Zucker person growing up, Same. and I feel like he's kind of taken that mantle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got old. <laughs> they got old. And, and, and crazy. Yeah. And crazy. And I still love the original stuff. But, yeah, David Wayne, you know, I mean, Wet Hot American Summer. And, and the shows, too. You know, all that. But All amazing. Yeah, they came, toge- they came together. Just Why is that not more popular? I guess I can I am- ask that about most of his stuff. Yeah, I I mean, it seems that a lot of people were expecting a regular movie out of that movie for some reason. Even and the title, though? They, they don't it, realize it, the title is that, you know? All right. <laughs> 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 I, I constantly reference the 10. Which the, is 10 a, is, the 10 is my personal favorite. Right? Like, name something. Like, I watch the 10. Like, I, I don't know if you ever get this feeling, but when I watch something and I say, I wish I made that. When I watched the uh, what is it the the X ray machines or no it was the uh, MRI cat scan, cat scan, cat scan machines. machines. When I watched that part of the that part of the movie, I'm like, if I came up with this and executed it like this, I could die a happy person. That's yeah, how I, good that is to me. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, watch there, the, anyone listening. Watch the ten, please. More people need to see it. Yeah, he, he to me, David Wayne is like a completely not highbrow like Charlie Kaufman. But I think that's like the level <laughs> yes, of yes. like logic he puts into his movies while completely devoid of logic. But like, ah, they're just so complex, weirdly and awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like especially now he I don't know, he's he never got his due. Like he had a few moments in the sun. I think Wet Hot was still what he I think he's still considered the Wet Hot guy. Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, but I'm like, I don't know what what is a culture we haven't appreciated about David Wayne because I feel like he should have more of a, I don't know, trying to think of a comparative career that I think you know, like he, he should he should be Apatow, even though I really like Apatow too. I like Apatow, but, but you're right. Yeah, there's no reason David Wayne shouldn't be sitting right next to Apatow as far as being known. Yeah, but I guess he's sort of way more off the beaten path, so I guess it makes sense. I don't yeah, know. I a- I don't think his stuff is weird enough that it's alienating. You know, I don't think so either. And then I made a bunch of people alienated by him. So <laughs> really, okay, yeah. Even um, like role models. I mean, that's. I mean, role models is definitely one of the more. Uh, yeah. Probably widely palatable. Hey, Wonder, yeah, Wonderlust uh, is kind of a big studio comedy. 
But then, yeah, like the 10 or... The 10 uh, is I pissed a couple of my friends off. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? This is the best. Yeah, you, like, I guess it has that extra la- layer of, like, here's the joke, and then here's the joke about the joke, and then here's the reversal of that. <laughs> you know, and then you get Oliver Platt talking, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> for an entire scene. I've definitely, I've definitely like, read reviews where they're like, we don't understand... What's why, going on what's here? Going, why is no one else noticing? He see, he looks nothing, and sounds nothing. Like, like that's the yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or the um, one of the meanest jokes he's ever done is in the ten, which is the goof, like the doctor. Oh which it's one of the darkest jokes I think Wayne has ever done. But my God, is it funny? Has like, a goof. You killed my wife. Yeah, but you don't understand my sense of humor. <laughs> Such a good movie. Man, I yeah. haven't, I haven't uh, found another ten lover in uh, uh maybe ever. So <laughs> here it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, definitely one of my literal all-time favorite movies. Holy shit! Okay, that's good. To, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get he doesn't get the love he deserves. Uh, it's all. It's also, I guess, maybe that's one of the things that makes me feel old because I remember David Wayne being such a big deal, and now I guess you know he's the up and comer. <laughs> He was, he was the new kid, and now he's, because uh, one of my biggest influences too is Stella. Yeah, of course. Oh my God, yeah, Stella, and obviously the state, you state. Know, the state, right? But yeah, Stella. I mean, I watched that show so many times. Just the way the the dialogue, every every sentence is a joke. You know, it, it's amazing. That, that, I think that's the first thing I saw of his when it was oh, on yeah. Comedy Central, and yeah, it's been a love affair ever since. Right. <laughs> right. Man, so yeah, uh, we like a lot of the same stuff. I'm gonna say that out loud. Tim and Eric and David Wayne, man. All right, and I mean, obviously, t- look. I want to show you this. This is my wallet. So obviously, <laughs> hell yeah. And my wallet says "bad motherfucker" for anyone listening. It's like 14 <laughs> years old and it's falling apart. Like I got a podcast deck on the back, but yeah, it, like that's how big. I don't like talk about being a big Tarantino fan that often because. It has a stigma with, especially if you're a white dude. I get mm-hmm. it. I totally, it's totally a valid stigma. But, but do, you, do you feel that ever? Like, oh yeah, of course. Especially in like film school, where oh just, my god, yeah. By the time I went, every professor was more or less just trashing him, and I'm just like, like they're so fun. <laughs> but I get it. Yeah, I get the. I get it. I mean, there are like you know, I've, I've met those film school guys that are complete insufferable assholes <laughs> and they're like tarantino written across their chest in blood i yeah. get it but i there's got to be a happy medium here like, I, I, I can love tarantino and not be an asshole right i mean yeah. surely yeah. i hope so yeah right <laughs> right right exactly right but uh, i get it i mean he's uh he, and he might retire so he, we might never get another tarantino movie so yeah and, you know he might be out of everyone's hair soon enough, so everyone can calm down for a bit. Well, I mean, that's a good question for you, too. It's like he's obsessed, unlike a lot of filmmakers, he's obsessed with his filmography as a work of art. Mm-hmm. Like he views the actual like his IMDb page is part of the, you know, his voice. Do mm-hmm. you view that like is your next choice of what you're making and what that in the end, the day you die, let's say 200 years from now, I'm just going to say science figured it out. You die 200 years from now. Does your filmography matter? Or if you saw like, there was a few dips that I'm not proud of. Um, I mean, I think like the two biggest, um, I guess influences in terms of like 
ooh, I would love a career like that has been uh, David Gordon Green and Soderbergh. Yeah. So I think I'm a little bit more into the just willing to just kind of dip a toe into anything. Yeah. Um, like especially Soderbergh right after making Sex, Lies, and Videotapes, just kind of releasing five just wild movies and varying genres and budgets and tones and uh that you know wasn't sub or wasn't a conscious choice but after making who's with me like i said i just kind of made three movies and the you know one's a documentary one's a total like small town drama and right now i've been calling it basically my version of tim and eric's eraser head <laughs> so um so yeah just uh hopefully just a shotgun blast of just varying uh tones and genres and just uh yeah, have fun with with everything so i yeah. guess a little less precious but i film i do view those filmographies as cool like total filmographies like i love the adventurousness all the, all, of those yeah like you, soderbergh not even it's not even just genre it's I mean, the guy literally tries to make movies differently every time. Yeah, I mean, following up Ocean's 13 with Bubble has to be one of the most insane one-two punches the director's ever done. Right, exactly. I mean, then he makes, you know, uh, The Girlfriend Experience, which is, like, completely, like, just no lighting at all, starring an adult. No actors. Right, it's just like, this is the guy that made all these prestigious and then here's this and then he'll make it you know like i think okay my favorite movie of his not what many people would say was is behind the candelabra i love that film great movie it's a great movie i I just love the characters i think it's hilarious and to me that was like right after he quit filmmaking and then came back and he's like i'm not making movies for a studio anymore it's only tv movies and then it turned into back to studio you know he I just like that he keeps promising different things, <laughs> not delivering, and then doing something else. Like the narrative of his actual career is kind of a troll. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, yeah, he's definitely uh, he he's kind of a one for you, one for me kind of guy. But <laughs> the ones who are for me are really for <laughs> really for him. Right. Um, Even but when yeah, I don't like and, him. I still I still respect him at this point. You know, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't crazy about Unsane. I didn't love it. I I respected I a, it though. Yeah, I, I was a big fan, but uh, yeah, I can I can see how it could be. Uh, there's some significant no, flaws in it, especially. Uh, I mean, how it was, yeah. it was filmed with an iPhone. That wasn't. I don't know. It's just the movie didn't grab me but I still completely respect it. And I was like, the fact that he's willing to do stuff like this and put his, like some people view it as, I guess he can just film a movie with anything he wants. Why is he doing this? Yeah. I view it as like, he's saying, Hey, if you have a cell phone, you can make a real movie. Look, I'm Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. And I just, you know, and you know, he seems constantly into experimentation and just seem like, you know, he's probably just literally bored of like how to make movies. And he just like wants to change it up a little. So (laughs) I'm all for that. Also, I think he wants to, he seems to be like what, I mean, what you're doing, even what all of us want to do is he wants to make movies without a financial burden. Yeah. Like he's trying to, he's like, I'm at the top and I'm trying to also figure out how to do it without these people. (laughs) Right. Which I, which I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that completely. Cause, but I mean, he hasn't totally figured it out. And even like you watch some of those bigger cell phone movies and you're like, yeah, but without 
all the proper artists and lighting and editors and you know they have the best of everything and then the cell phone's the weakest link i'm like if i shoot a cell phone movie it's just me with a cell phone (laughs) that's a way different thing yeah Yeah. there's a a reason who's with me is shot with a red because (laughs) yeah okay Um, i I didn't know that so you did shoot on red right yeah um uh my dp is just an awesome dude who owns that camera and rents it out you know, for a living, um, and just brought it on board for free. So that was, uh, that's awesome. Insane. Yeah. Was it initially shot in like 4k or is it, I believe we shot in 5k, the version that's out, you know, our final cut is 4k, but I believe we shot in five. Nice. Um, I think the one we're doing now is shot in six. I'm kind of bad with that stuff. So I'm not, I'm always like, this looks gorgeous. I'm like, whatever. This is yeah, good by me. It looks good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. It looks great. Whatever. Okay. So um, if somebody wants to watch this movie, it's on your YouTube channel. And I assume right. that the YouTube channel is just Austin Allen James, or is it the name of a... Uh, everything is Who's With Me. Um, oh, it's, it's cha- called Who's the, With Me. Okay. The, yeah. The channel, the video, the uh, everything possible is just uh who's with me and it'll probably be the video that's underneath the flow rider music video so <laughs> for everybody out there for reference so okay wait, wait. all right yeah and will is there something where do people mainly follow you like where um yeah so the 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 movie itself has an instagram page which is uh at wwm underscore film um and right now that's just for this movie, but kind of my plan is by the time the second one comes out, I'll just keep it basically updating this page. So right, I don't right. have to make a new one every single time. So, uh, yeah. yeah, if anyone's interested, you can just follow that and hear about, uh, the next slew of micro budget movies I'll be throwing out there. Okay. Well, Hey man, look, I want to thank you for asking to do this and doing it. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sending me, sharing your movie with us, like with me and just the world. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, having me on and watching. Yeah, man. Um, If you ever put something else out, hit me up. Okay. Definitely. will. all right, man, this was great. I'll talk to you later. I'll probably message you about links and stuff. Okay. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. See you later. uh, dude. Yeah. Have a good rest of your day. You too, man. Later. Bye, everyone.